Hello, you're listening to the Unleash Your Extraordinary podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jess Ratcliffe, and today, in this episode, we're diving into how we can listen more to our inner wisdom than our inner critic. And so if you've been listening since episode one, firstly, I love you, thank you. We'll be reintroducing the sneaky little you-know-what that I love to call Evil Jess. And she's sort of got that evilness about her, right? I'm going to share more on my inner critic, my voice of self-doubt and how she shows up for me. But more than that, I want to really focus on helping you recognise your inner critic, how they're showing up for you, what they might sound like, when they show up and why, and also when in those moments we're most likely to listen to them. And then we'll move into how we can start to tune into your inner wisdom so that you can listen to that, that voice of wisdom and knowing and instinct more than our sneaky little inner critics. Before we dive in, I thought it would be helpful to share some definitions so that when I'm talking about inner wisdom, what I'm talking about, what I'm referring to there, which could be inner wisdom, inner knowing, um, you know, gut instinct, sort of urges or nudges, it's that. It's that feeling we have, right? The hunches to do that thing or to meet that person or email that person or listen to that podcast. Those sort of little nudges from the universe or from something out there, which is a whole nother probably like podcast in itself, not even just an episode, a whole podcast on what is out there and what inspires our ideas and our dreams and our actions. You know, what is that? God, I feel like I've just uncovered a whole new topic. But so it's that, it's that sense of when something lands and you just get a gut feel or an instinct, you know, we sort of talk talk about it like a gut reaction or this intuition. And it's really about that when when it's something that we feel, right? And that word feel feels key (laughs) because in my experience and observation, a reason that our inner wisdom can often be drowned out by our inner critic is that our inner critic is a noisy little, you know, pain in the backside, whereas our inner wisdom is softer. It's about feeling stuff out. It's about having a sense or that little sort of nudge on the inside that we should follow that or see where that thing unfolds. It's like following feelings like excitement and curiosity. Those little mmms and sort of aha moments, right? Where we sort of, that was weird, mmms. But you know, where we actually, they kind of show up like that. They're almost not verbal. You know, it's, it's a hunch that we have, it's a feeling. It's something that sparks to life and those oh, or ahas, which is probably better than a mm. But you know, it's like that in a feeling or a sense. And it takes a while sometimes for those seeds to grow into the ideas that they're meant to be or, or for those hunches to make sense. So often we tend to focus more on the thing that is obviously trying to get our attention, right? The thing that is that loud little shit that tells us, all of our worst fears and makes us really focus on what might go wrong. And so, and the reason they do that, right? The reason that our inner critics 
that that voice of self-doubt which can evolve into self-sabotage and playing small the reason that they show up is that they are terrified right they're scared that we will do something that will risk being judged risk being seen risk being vulnerable risk pursuing our biggest ambitions or even just ideas that we have that iteratively would grow into our biggest aspirations and ambitions they're terrified that we would actually follow our inner wisdom and that we would focus more on those hunches and nudges and mm, moments or ahas because what then right then we're risking being judged being criticized being seen not being good enough not being ready starting before we're ready all of that kind of stuff which is like in that melting pot of just absolute fear and the reason for this although i can't still fully wrap my head around it because i mean you know we're not living in caveman era anymore and we haven't been for a long time but you know in all of the reading that i've done around this and there is a brilliant book by the way called playing big by tara moore which really goes into a lot of depth on the inner critic and how to quiet the inner critic. So I highly recommend that. But in addition to that, right, it all, like we see it all the time when people talk about inner critics and why we have them. And it harks back to the days where if we were seen to be putting our heads above the parapet or saying something that's not following the status quo or going out into the unknown, it would risk death. And so quite naturally, they're terrified, right? They get panicked and therefore they get mean and they get just fucking downright rude sometimes, you know, in how they speak to us and what they say because their sole agenda is to keep us so safe that we never encounter risk. We never risk that being seen, that being vulnerable, being visible, risking failure, right? Daring to actually show up and follow our inner wisdom, our inner knowing, and act on those urges because what if what if we fail what if we're not good enough all of that stuff right what if people laugh at us what if we put something out on i mean when you go from like dying in caveman era to instagram stories it's quite a leap but that's where my brain just went you know what if we show up on instagram stories and and it, no one cares no one views it no one gives a shit you know that's the kind of stuff that kicks up when we're even contemplating doing something different, daring to show up. And to bring this to life a little bit, I will bring her into the room, evil Jess, who is my nemesis, my inner critic, my voice of self-doubt, who I've sort of made you know, a bit of a jokey character of because it is helpful, which in itself might be a helpful idea if, you know, from what I've already described and what we've already covered so far, if you're noticing that, hey, fuck, like that sounds similar to my inner critic or to what I tell myself, and actually I've not yet sort of torn apart that it's not me, but that is my inner critic, it can be really helpful to give them a name because we'll come onto this more in, in a moment, but it isn't you. Your voice, right? Or oh, sorry, the voice of your inner critic is not you. It is not your voice. Like you would not speak to yourself or even anyone else for that matter in the way that your inner critic speaks to you. But again, we'll, we'll come back onto that in a moment. But for now, I'll, I'll dive deeper as much as she's telling me to avoid this. You see how sneaky she is? Evil Jess. 
the feckin' cow. So I'll give you a recent example of how she's kicked up for me. And this was actually just this past week. So if you follow me on Instagram, you might have noticed that in my stories, you know, I built on last week's episode and I and in talking about the experiments we can run, the things we can do to iteratively work on ourselves and incrementally build the people we want to be and really harness the rest of this year to plant seeds, right? And, and own that and step into that and focus more on that slightly longer view than the immediate short wins. One of the experiments that I shared, my sort of commitment both to myself, but also on the stories, so therefore semi-publicly, was to create and share more content. So I'm really interested and curious about how I can help you more ultimately, right? How I can share the tools, techniques, coaching questions, experiences that come up for me with my one-on-one coaching clients, which obviously is confidential, so it's it's never shared broadly, or even in the coaching workshops that I run, you know, harnessing the Unleash Your Extraordinary Framework to help you in the same way that I help people when they're with me in the room. And so naturally, as I'm thinking about this, as I'm marinating on this, Evil Jess enters the room of my brain, right? And she starts saying things like, you know, God, Jess, no one cares. Like no one's gonna watch, no one's gonna pay attention, no one's gonna, you know, give a shit about what you talk about, no one's gonna, you know, message you about it or take any action on it. Like, what is the point? Stay in your safe space, Jess, right? Stay with your coaching clients, stay with your one-to-ones, stay with the workshops that you do. Like, no one cares what you're gonna say or what you're gonna share on stories. Like, no one cares. It's not helpful, no one cares. So as you can imagine, right, if I actually was to listen to that, and if I didn't deep down know that that's pesky evil Jess, right, why would I show up on stories? Why would I be more visible or try and serve more people by sharing more ideas or even just thoughts and experiments that I'm running on myself, right? All with the intention of being a coach and and trying to help as many people as I can, especially if they're not able simply for availability or accessibility to receive one-on-one coaching or be in the room of one of my workshops. But yet, there she goes, right? Evil Jess, focusing on all of the things that would scare me the most, right? That what if I do show up and nobody watches? What if it doesn't help someone? If my main thing is wanting to help people, what if what I share helps no one? Either because no one watches or because it's not helpful. And actually it was in that that two key things came to mind for me, which is one, it's not about me, And so evil Jess, excuse my language, she can fuck off because it's not about me and it's not about her, right? What I want to do is bigger than me. And if I was to share one thing that one person watches and one person, if that's the same person or what, puts into action, job done, right? Like worth it, worth all of the sort of wrestling against my inner critic and that, you know, evil Jess well worth it because this is what I'm here for and I'm not doing anything else right there is no other option for me this is my purpose and so for me when something like evil Jess comes up 
there's no she stands no chance like yes she might get in my head for a day or a week or whatever and she might make the experience of going on stories to keep with that example less enjoyable than if she was cheering me on but at the end of the day like she will not get in my way because there is nothing else I want to do with my life right like this is what I have chosen this is what I'm here for and so of course she can do her best to try and keep me safe because it just so happens that what I've chosen requires a level of being visible requires a level of doing the work myself right so that I can help more people do the work too and so of course I've chosen the thing which probably scares her the most but yet she has no power and when I actually caught onto the fact that she is not me right those thoughts are not my thoughts that's when I could start to take control and actually as much as that inner critic will not go away right again in like research for this you know you read articles like how to get rid of your inner critic like they're not going away they are in our head it's like our overly protective safety mechanism that's not something like we can't transplant them out do you know what I mean it's like they're there we just have to catch them in in action recognize what's going on recognize that it's them not us that it's the inner critic not our inner wisdom and then act accordingly and that in this case hence the the topic of this episode is as much as we then can hear them we don't have to listen right we can choose to take the microphone away from that person and give it to our inner wisdom and that's what i want to focus on today and so as I've been speaking and getting quite, quite passionate here on my own with me and my microphone, as you've been listening, you might have felt almost like the twang of resonance, a twang of sort of familiarity around the narratives that you hear as well. You know, so have you, let's say, scan over the last week, has something come up where you've thought to yourself, oh God, I shouldn't do that. What if I fail? I don't want to be seen. I don't want to put myself out there. You know, what if they laugh at me? What if they think this? What if they judge me? You know, even to the point where this is how bloody sneaky evil Jess is. She even, for a moment or few, had me worried or thinking about what people at school, sorry, from school, I'm no longer at school and haven't been for quite a while, unfortunately, what people at school or more I should say people I know from school what they might think I do not know those people anymore why do I give a shit and yet she's saying to me maybe so and so will watch this and they'll roll their eyes or they'll think oh fucking hell Jess come on you know they're clever right clever and sneaky these inner critics so maybe as I've been describing this you've had similar thoughts you know when we draw them out into the light when we sort of share them out loud I mean, even now I'm feeling a little bit ridiculous that that's actually a thought that I had. And it might have only lasted a moment, but if we give that moment or few the attention, that's what expands. And our inner critics will give it all they've got, right? Even, again, last week actually, I was speaking to a friend who shared with me the lowest blow, I guess, or one of many low blows that the inner critic can whip out but this one's hefty you know this is like identity level potential fulfilling level low and what her inner critic was saying to her when she was working on something incredibly important that she is brilliant at was 
and maybe this has been true for you too, I know it has for me, who the fuck are you to do this? Again, when you think about it, what? You know, that's that's low, right? And actually what we did together was reframe that. So we looked at who are you not to? You know, so when that one kicks in for you, this is an immediate reframe that you can put into practice. You know, when that who are you to do this, or if it gets really aggressive and sassy like hers did, they might bring out swear words and all of that kind of jazz, right? When it's who do you think you are to do this or that or be that person or step into that room or be in that meeting, whatever it might be, ask yourself, who am I not to, right? If I have this idea, if this opportunity is in front of me, I'm the exact person to do it. And we spoke of this a little bit in last week's episode, right? Where I genuinely believe we only have ideas, dreams, aspirations that we have the potential to fulfill. The universe would not give us, or again, we're sort of looping back to what even might be the being and the source of all of these ideas and inspiration, but we wouldn't have them if they weren't possible. Like ultimately, just what a tease, do you know what I mean? So that's one to consider. When that who do you think you are is kicking in, ask yourself, who am I not to? And actually remind yourself that you are the only person that can pave your path and bring the ideas and dreams and aspirations that you have to life. And so that, again, I'm getting so passionate here, I'm on my own. You know, this, that neatly brings us into how we can actually do this then. How can we shift from listening to our inner critic, from letting them rule what we do or influence our behavior and actually how we're feeling as well, right? Because again, looping back to what Evil Jess was saying to me, one, she didn't make me feel good, and two, unless I was able to actually catch that that was her, do you really think I would have actually gone on stories if I was thinking about all of those old school friends that might be rolling their eyes? And I use the word friends loosely then I guess, because if they are, they wouldn't be rolling their eyes, you know, and we can obviously go into that more. Maybe that's a separate episode is this sort of focus and fear of what people think I'll pin that for a future future thought but this is where we can now neatly sort of segue into how we can actually start listening to our inner wisdom more than our inner critic but before we do actually I just I do want to share that if as you're listening to this it feels like you've sort of started to catch awareness of your critic and that maybe the examples I've given sort of feel like they're pulling on a thread that is starting to unravel for you. And you're noticing, oh my God, yeah, like that does come up for me. And I I didn't do that thing because I thought that thing. And God, like, you know, my version of evil Jess has held me back so much. I'd invite you in that moment. My suggestion is just to sit with that. Don't panic. Don't fight it, right? There's no judgment. There's no right or wrong. It's just to observe and use that observation to build your pattern recognition for what your inner critic sounds like so that you're building that muscle to catch them and like catching them in action going forward. So to start now shifting away from listening to our inner critic and towards listening to our inner wisdom, I want you to think of something you want to do, something that right now feels like a bit of a stretch, right? A bold move. It might be getting on your stories and sharing 
lessons from the week or just what you're up to that day. Maybe for you, it's an element of being visible and starting to share your expertise or just connect with the people that follow you. Or maybe it's speaking up in meetings or presenting to your team or testing an idea that you've had, but it's something that feels like it's on your edge, right? That it almost just feels a touch on that edge of being possible and it definitely feels on the edge of what's comfortable. And within this, I want you to focus on something that actually, deep down, you feel a sense of excitement around, but there just is an opportunity for quite a bit of fear and resistance there too. So when you feel that thing, that's the thing I want you to focus on. And with that one thing in mind, I want you to imagine that you are starting towards it right after we're done here today, right? After you finish this episode, you are taking action to make that thing, that idea, take that action to turn it into reality. You are going to do it. And now what I want you to do as you sit with that and as you make that internal commitment, what's happening? What's coming up for you? It's likely your inner critic is starting to wake up a little bit and starting to scramble for like the most powerful things that they could say to put you off to have you procrastinate or overthink or go into planning mode, but to do anything but taking the first steps and taking action, especially as we've covered, if it's anything to do with being visible, being vulnerable, doing something new or uncertain. And so what I want you to do with those voices, right? The thoughts that you're hearing, the words that your inner critic is throwing at you, I just want you to recognize them observe them, right? Tune into those words without rising to them, without challenging them. Just listen. Almost as if you're just hearing something that is actually outside yourself, you know, almost like a radio station or or someone else's conversation. Observe the words from that neutral place because all we want to do here is like build that pattern recognition and actually start to catch our critic in action. And now what I want you to do is to take a breath or multiple if needed to shift us away from hearing those thoughts. Just take a breath and breathe into how you're feeling. Breathe into the excitement and curiosity you feel at all that could be possible by pursuing this thing, right? Tap into that sort of deepest sense of inner wisdom, those urges, those hunches, even if you can't put words to it yet, but just that inner excitement and curiosity and sort of buzz a little bit at the thought of what could unfold by setting this thing in motion and on how you'll feel having done it. Imagine what could unlock or shift for you by actually pursuing this thing that you know you want to do and focus on that excitement And also to say here, if as you're doing this, you're struggling to feel excited, I'd invite you to think about, is this something that you actually want to do or something you feel you should do? Because the key is, you know, maybe this is an external expectation or something that someone has put on you. But really what we want to do here is tap into something that you feel excited to pursue, that feels on your edge for a good reason, right? For a growth reason, rather than something that maybe someone has told you to do or to work on. 
And so assuming you feel that excitement, even if your inner critic is doing the best possible thing that they can do, right? Spitting all of the words at you to try and piss on your parade, focus on the excitement and breathe into it. Focus on that so that it expands, right? Give it more space. Like almost genuinely sort of breathe in and actually take up more space. Sit there or walk, however you're listening to this. Take up more space. And with that, as you're now breathing into this, what do you know or what do you sense that is your next step? What do you see yourself doing or working on in your mind's eye? You know, that place, that source of ideas and excitement and urges to email that person or call up that friend or jump on stories and talk about this or research this person and get in touch with them, right? Closing the gap between action or sort of the thought of doing something and acting on it. Following those urges, maybe it's opening your notebook and just doodling because maybe so far, if you've held that thing on your edge and it's been out of what feels like it's possible, maybe you haven't even fleshed it out yet. So that could be the starting point, but it's something to follow the urges and the hunches that your inner wisdom is bringing to life. Or even think of it as like your inner compass. What next step is it intuitively telling you to take? And if we imagine that our mission from now on is to trust that, to trust our inner wisdom and to tune into it like we just did, right? To take action from that place. And again, maybe to recap that when we catch our critic in action, actually what we're going to do instead is imagine that that's just like a radio we're listening to that is external from us. And to expand the excitement, we're going to breathe into it instead and therefore tune into our inner wisdom and let the ideas bubble up to give our inner wisdom the microphone rather than our inner critic and give it the space so that we can hear the ideas that it's trying to share or the actions that it's trying to inspire. And trust that if they feel good, if they feel in alignment with our aspirations and the excitement that we're feeling, that they're the actions we should be taking and that they're the actions that are gonna get us to where we want to be or get to or how we wanna feel. They're the things that will move us forward. Before we wrap up, I wanted to share three to four, a handful of thoughts to leave you with to help you think more deeply and question your inner critic. So the first is that you are not your inner critic. You know, yes, the voice is in us, so it makes us think it is us, and that's how they get bloody sneaky, right, and clever, but it is not us. You know, you are so much more than your inner critic would have you believe. If you were your inner critic, you, you know, would you have the dreams, the aspirations and the ideas that you do? No. Like if we genuinely were them, they wouldn't even let us think of those things. We are not our inner critics. You are not your inner critic. And although they're extra powerful because they are in us, right? So they, it feels different when we hear their words to when we hear the words of maybe a stranger or even just somebody external to us those words, if they were to say something like, oh God, who's going to care about that? Or who do you think you are to do this? Externally, they might fire us up. 
But because we hear our inner critic internally, they're so sneaky that they can focus and shine a light on our deepest insecurities and fears. So remember that, remember that they're clever and that although they aren't you, they are in you, that sounds weird. So they will know the fears to mention that will actually keep you small and make you shrink back rather than show up. And that's another one, right? They are sneaky as fuck. Like, I don't know why they're still around given that we are not in the era of being cave people anymore, but they are so scared that we might be judged and that from back in the day, being judged equals death or being abandoned or cast out for speaking up or having our own ideas and opinions, they fear that equals death. Not following the status quo, death. Not doing what's expected, death. You know, it's, it's fears are overblown from an era that we do not have to live by anymore. And I don't know how it's not evolved with us. That will be a constant, you know, that, that's a question for another time, like our question about the universe. But their biggest fear, as we talked about at the beginning, is that we will be judged, criticised, that we will put ourselves out there, put our head above the proverbial parapet and fail, or that we will be not good enough, that we're not ready to start yet. All of these things, right? They, they don't know that they're actually not going to cause death, that those fears it has, that the inner critic has, it doesn't know that that doesn't, A, it's unlikely to happen, but that B, in the world we live in now, I say this now knowing that I hope in the majority of places, it doesn't lead to that, right? It's not the caveman style with life or death repercussions by getting on an Instagram story or pursuing the idea that you actually want to pursue. And that's because you've got those ideas, you've got that thought that you wanna share, the story you wanna tell, the ideas and inspiration you have for a reason. It is with you for a reason. And to build on that, if there is any silver lining to having an inner critic, they speak up when we're showing up. So when we're daring, when we're stepping into our potential, when we're taking risks and seeking growth, as counter, like counterintuitive as it can feel, that's our signal that we're showing up because our inner critic starts to speak up and tries its absolute best to keep us small. So I hope today's episode has helped you recognize your inner critic and also started to recognize your inner wisdom and the power that we have inside us to know what to do and to know what actions to take and to tap into that as and when we need, right? It's there all the time. Here are the three action steps, again, that you can take to shift from listening to your inner critic to listening to your inner wisdom. So remember to catch your critic in action. Observe how they speak. Notice when they show up and what they say. Remember that they are not you. And harness just observing how they show up to build your pattern recognition for them going forward. Then tune into your inner wisdom. Breathe into the feeling, the excitement, the curiosity, that hunch that you have that sits underneath the fear that your inner critic might be creating in that moment. Breathe into that feeling 
And remember that what you focus on expands. So if we focus on the excitement and the curiosity, that gives it more space than we're giving to our inner critic. Again, taking the mic from the inner critic and giving it to our inner wisdom. And then lastly, follow that feeling. What ideas are sparking to life as you breathe into the excitement and the hunches that you're feeling? What visions do you see of actions you could take or people you could speak to that will help you move towards creating the idea you have or making the impact that you dream of? Whatever your thing is, remember to follow the ideas, the instincts, the hunches that your inner wisdom serves up to you. And so to follow my inner wisdom and give evil Jess a real run for her money and a little bit of a two fingers, I'll be on Instagram stories this week as at Jess Ratcliffe, as always, where I'll go deeper into these three actions and also just share anything that I feel inspired to, to hopefully build a bit more of an experience around the podcast and allow you to go from listening to this episode and hopefully having actionable things to put into practice but also diving deeper with me there.